Bienvenidos. Welcome to The Colores Radio. This is episode 99. That is wild to me. Um, I'm so excited that we made it this far. And of course, I'm very grateful to be here and be heard by you all today. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin, and this is The Colores Radio. Um, We shared a big announcement with you all last episode, and it was deeply emotional. Uh, We brought in some of our favorite people and some Patreon subscribers, and it honestly ended up feeling so divine. We shared with you all that we're ending the podcast by the end of this year. And though it was a tough decision to make, it was a necessary one. It has been mostly well-received, and a lot of the artists in my life beautifully reminded me that it is okay to be done with a project and to go for another medium when it's time. And that is exactly what I am doing here. I know it's hard to release this podcast because we've been going for almost six years, but I hope that you open your heart and mind to understand that we're ready to create in different ways. And I am really excited um, that there's a lot more in this uh, wicked little mind of mine, and I'm eager to begin um, sharing that in a new way. So I want to thank you all for the, from the bottom of my heart, um, from our hearts, for understanding and showing us love as we begin to close this chapter. I wanted to give a special shout out to Galilee and KURA for contacting us on the same day uh, of our release in that episode and making us feel so seen and special with that piece they did kind of covering um, you know, the end of our pod. Um, but if you'd like any more info on what we're up to, remember you can always find us online at the Colores Co or check out our new website, thecoloresco.com. Um, we do have some new merch, which I'm very excited about, and we will be selling at uh, one more market here in November, early November. Um, but let me remind you all that you can support us directly and get exclusive access and content as well as the video version of this new episode at patreon.com slash becolorisco. This is where you can be a squirrel friend or a homie or a ride or die. um, And it helps us become a sustainable platform, which is of course our goal. It's a recession y'all. So please help us out. We're not trying to like bribe you, but if you're feeling the love and you love what we've been doing, uh, we'd appreciate the support. Um, So with that said, I believe it is time for me to bring in my favorite worm, Pat, my sister, to the mic. Where are you at, Pat? Hey, Eva. You sound like a worm. <laughs> I was like, worm. what is an earthworm or worm impression? I felt like um, as a compost person that that was on brand. To be I also feel worm. like as a person who worked at a library for four years, a bookworm. Oh, yeah, bookworm. You've got definitely some worm qualities, you know, they are sustainable creatures. <laughs> they are sustainable pre- creatures. I want to do creatures. They like I start carrying the Bible. <laughs> They're like evangelist worms. They're Trans- actually for gay rights. Okay. Um, anyways, how are you guys? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. I am um 
booked and blessed. That's how I'm feeling. I'm hey. excited to rest at the end of this year because we've been doing a lot and I'm I'm definitely feeling the exhaustion. <laughs> I feel you. Same here. Um I do think it is time for everyone's favorite favorite segment our memes i want to give you our listeners an insight into our personal energy into how we are feeling right now into Into the reality reality of our existence (laughs) this is what i consider the modern day diary that's right we're translating our feelings in the best way we know how memes it's time for me mood go patty (laughs) go patty okay so i'm going to uh set y'all up so um, not only has it just been Halloween, it's just times are going moving fast, we're getting close to holidays. And the meme that I'm using to describe myself right now is like, right now, <laughs> the, the thing that's been, I've seen a lot of the internet is uh, Heidi Klum currently as being a worm. Uh, <laughs> it's been a lot of gray day memes from it and the one that i'm using is specifically there is someone to their left hand side carrying a mic for that says et and their expression they just kind of look like almost dead inside living as a worm (laughs) um and i had i had therapy today and there was a lot of challenges that they said that they were like i'm not here to make your therapy easy i'm here to push you to do these things that you just got to do so you don't keep feeling this way and i was like oh god this is terrible so i kind of feel like her as a worm right now like just like fuck processing and thinking reflecting on things i need to work on so it's kind of deep but also that was mad deep not kind of deep i'm i am definitely (laughs) existential at the moment (laughs) so it's just kind of like damn i gotta work through some things so yeah that's why i'm feeling the earthworm meme um yeah that's me i'm a a worm (laughs) also shout out to the baja blast intestines seeing you eat a crunch wrap meme that was also using the similar picture Oh my, so Heidi Klum won Halloween is what I'm gathering. Yes. I also like Janelle Monet's costume. because Oh my God, it was so good and they sang it, Hottie Ween. I know, I hope one day I get to go to Hottie Ween. We Christ. gotta plan it in advance so we can I, go. For real, I gotta be ready to be wherever Meg's like, right, Yeah. Jesus. Well, thank you for sharing your most existential me mood to date. <laughs> um, what's yours? uh you know it's it's life it's real i think we're all healing hopefully (laughs) um mine is also a uh celebrity and or tv show and i personally am not the biggest fan of this show i think it is questionable with who is running it but it is beautifully shot and has some fascinating themes for young people (laughs) um but it is a scene of euphoria where uh alexa demi is saying i forgot what she says on the actual scene oh she says bitch you better be joking Mm -hmm. but instead of joking someone edited it and added a very instagram caption looking ass (laughs) and it says healing and i'm like you know what that's where i'm at now i'm at this place now where if uh you're not working on your healing you're probably not on your you're probably not in my inner circle unless you have to be (laughs) as blood um because I am just in a place where I'm starting to see um the growth in my healing journey and so not to say I'm not around people that are not healed because I think we (laughs) all are and I'm not like the captain of the healing ship 
but I do Healing is love, linear. <laughs> it, it is not linear, actually, whatsoever. It is up and down and all over town. So no, it's I not just, linear, sorry. Yeah, I was like, my healing is not linear at all, actually. But <laughs> I do hope that everyone is taking time to honor themselves. Um, so I am by no means the judge of that. But this meme feels very on brand for who yeah. I am as a person. Because um, I, I truly do not have energy for people to, that do not care to... Um, be honest with themselves, love on themselves, and work on themselves. Cause Period. Also, though, I get it, because humanity's hard, and sometimes you just want to vibe and be a worm. So, like, if that's what you're <laughs> on, go for I it. I wish I was on that side of the worm vibe. Yeah, it's definitely... <laughs> sometimes. There's some, there's some regular-ass gummy worms out there. I'm not going to lie, but it's not me. <laughs> um, so, I believe those are our me moods for today. So, thank you, Patty, Ooh. for sharing. I can now welcome this week's Juice co-host. I'm so excited. I'm like starting to speak like I ride waves for fun. (laughs) Um, A person that I have personally admired for several years. We've been mutuals on the internet for a really long time. And I don't think we've actually met in real life, but the love and the connection is very real. Um, She is a legend and she often keeps it very humble, um, but she is, an incredible writer that is currently working on her first official book with Penguin Books. The incredible Julianne Escobedo Shepard will be leading us in the juice here shortly. And a bit later, we'll be interviewing another creative icon, Jenny Motoval, which I'm also very excited about for our 99th episode. And so we're absolutely thrilled to have such powerhouses with us as we begin to wrap up the end of our podcast forever brought some certified baddies into the we had to we had to end on the highest of high notes so we are so excited and i think that means we can technically get into the juice this is el juguito the juice where we discuss the latest gossip on pop culture politics news and more Woo! okay so i'm gonna tell you a little bit more about the lovely Julianne, who we are welcoming here to the show today. Um, She is at work currently on a book for Penguin, like I mentioned, and it is about her Chicana upbringing in Wyoming and the mythology of the American West. Okay, that sounds deep. Mm -hmm. She was formerly the editor-in-chief at Jezebel and has also written for Rookie, Pitchfork, The New York Times, The Guardian, and others, and taught music writing at New York University. So please welcome to the show, Julianne. Escobedo Shepherd. Hey. <laughs> oh my god, the air horn. The, hu- the human air horn, because we don't have actual sound effects in the budget, but the human air horn is so much better yeah. than the other air horn. Thank I don't you. know. The Jamaican air horn is pretty good. The solid OG. But you know what? Like you were talking about your healing journey. I feel like there's something very um cathartic about doing the human air horn. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm very honored to have received not the case for the human air horn. For real. This is going to policy soon. Well, I am so happy to have you here. I've been wanting to have you on the pod for literally years. 
and we are honestly she's not kind of lying no i never lie but we are big fans of your work i do want to hear a little bit if you can about yourself and your work and your upbringing as i know it's probably been a journey writing your first book oh man (laughs) (laughs) um well thank you for having me first of all i absolutely adore you as you know and all of your work so it's just like i'm just so excited to be chatting with you you. um yeah and so writing a book I've been working on it for about a year a lot of it has involved going back to Wyoming to Mm. sort of like return to the scene of the crime right 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 (laughs) that's real yeah and you know a lot of it is really excavating Mm. sort of both like how it was being like a Mexican-American like weirdo in Mm. Wyoming in the 90s and then also like unpacking how this like American mythology about like what the West is supposed to be Mm. which a lot of it is lies and destructive towards Mm -hmm. people of color how that's sort of intersected with like the wild stuff I did right (laughs) right yeah, so that's what I've been doing. Hopefully it will be out in like a year. Oh, yay. <laughs> I've been waiting for this because last we spoke, you were t- I think you were just starting the writing process. You had just left Jezebel, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're definitely further along in the process. And I think I'm very excited also because I know when I went to um, Iowa last year, which is not the same, but it's a, a place where you wouldn't expect Latinos to be. It was fascinating to see how big a turnout came out to this very Latino centric event we were at. And I, it made me realize like there are so many people out here. I know even on the pod, we have lots of listeners that are like, thank you for being a voice. I'm a random person in this town, in this state, and there's nobody else out here that looks like me. So I think your, your, your book can be really life changing to a lot of people. Oh, that's the hope. I mean, it can be really lonely. And like, you know, there were a lot of Latinos, at least like, relative to where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it feels it can feel really isolating. And like, I hope that at the very least, it gives people hope in those mm-hmm. places. And yeah. then at the most, I hope it like, I don't know, tears down the lies. Yeah, listen, <laughs> we know? need it. We need it torn down because a lot of our culture is believing those lies and yeah. upholding those lies, right? Yeah. So I do want to also um, thank you for mentioning the weirdos because I think that's also what happens even in states like Texas, right? Where a lot of us like, um, you know, BIPOC weirdos kind of end up finding each other eventually because we're all like, we all felt this way at some point cool let's all be besties right yeah uh, because we we don't quote unquote fit the mold or fit the stereotype which is a whole nother like thing on identity semantics and such but I do think like there's a lot of us weirdos that are doing pretty good and I'm I'm happy yeah. to hear that uh-huh. well beautiful well I obviously want to know more about your journey from there to how you became like iconic writer that's interviewing the biggest stars you recently also published a piece with two pieces with rosalia is that right so it was one interview but it was in two magazines and which magazine so i'm telling y'all she's too humble because this is a big deal um it was in the cover of vogue espana and vogue italia i love it how was that experience 
You know, I've interviewed Rosalia before and like we kind of like get along really well. Oh wow. We kind of like she's mad cool. Uh-huh. That's um, good. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, I know there's like a lot of ways that people feel, but like mm-hmm. I think like her heart is in the right place and she's just mad fun to talk to. She's super yeah. smart. So, um yeah, I just like went to the show and talked to her again and then wrote this thing and now it's like in international vogue. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Have you gotten the physical copies? Did they send you some? They're going to send me some supposedly, but you know, they need we'll see. To. That's yeah. amazing. That's really beautiful. <laughs> but I think and we could have a whole conversation on that. I did not put it on the juice topics because obviously Rosalia is brilliant. She's talented, mm-hmm. talented musician. She's definitely an artist, um, I think to the full power of the word. And like, there's a lot of conversations around her appropriation and those are completely valid as well. And so um, I definitely think that's a big theme that I have had probably throughout um, the last 10 years or so when we've really had more, um, I think, and I'd love to hear your perspective as well, like bigger conversations on, or, or, or rather bigger critiques on a person than we used to. Yeah, Um, it's a different era. So I'm just definitely like, at the point I'm at now is very much like, everyone can be brilliant and still flawed. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's hard to process that for some people, because it's hard for a lot of people to realize there can be multiple truths at once. Yeah, I agree with that. Whew, listen, well, <laughs> with that said, this uh, episode will be coming out definitely after the election cycle. I don't know how the election cycle is looking up in New York or even Wyoming. I know you've been traveling a little bit, but in Texas, it is a uh, what I would call a shit show. Um, so I don't know how it's going for you, but it's definitely heating up down here. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, I've been paying attention to Texas elections for right. a while. Maybe donating some money from Aww. out of state. I'm like yeah. the the scary East Coast <laughs> leftist sending money right. to like shout out Jessica Cisneros. Aww, but like, she's a legend. She's uh, awesome. Legend. She's great. Um, but yeah, it seems rough all around. And even in New York right now, there's a little bit of a worry that this uh, Republican might be elected governor of mm. New York. And that seems, you know, it's one of the things where you're like, and you live in New York, it's kind of like, well, some places are conservative, but like, you know, this will never happen. But like right. seeing that kind of almost happen here. And then like, you know, and also living in New York, I get so mad when people are like, you know, let's just secede, like, people, and I'm like, yo, (laughs) that is what fosters, you know, first of all, you think that everyone living in, like, Texas or any state that is, like, run by conservatives is all conservative, like, yeah, it's worthless, right, yeah, it's super exhausting, yeah, so that's fucked up, but then also, you know, same thing. It's just from coming from Wyoming too. But tell me more about the. No, I actually did not realize y'all have a, a governor running that is very conservative, that is getting a lot of attention. And it's it's like a terrible game. We just see go back and forth between 
basically red and blue and it's just like the worst ping pong game because everybody just hates everybody and we get nothing done and then we're the ones who suffer for it so it's just like uh, but it's it, it definitely I think with um voting in Texas there's always incredibly low turnout in Dallas specifically it is literally known as one of the worst voting cities which is really sad um but I think it also speaks a lot to um you know, gerrymandering and redlining and all these things that are very intentionally placed the way they are. Um, So I definitely am one of those people that gets a little bit annoyed with electoral politics because people think it's the only answer and it's very much not. (laughs) Um, It's probably very minuscule in the level of involvement we should have in justice work, but um, it's hard to get everybody involved when we're all just trying to survive so i really don't blame folks either i blame those in power more than anything which is what i think we need to stay focused on so it's been really interesting to see i don't know how it's going to go i'd i'd love to see a miracle happen i know um texas was leaning a little bit more purple this past presidential election which was exciting um but i also know that uh, voter turnouts again super low at the moment as far as I've heard um, for early voting so don't know how it'll go um, I obviously am not a fan of Greg Abbott he's been definitely the worst governor of my life experience mm-hmm. um, and we've not had the best ones since I've been alive but I would love to see a miracle happen and at the same time I'm like I'm not that big a fan of Bethel because he did harm in his own city as well as a white liberal man and um, that's the reality of like just remembering that accountability is for everyone and not just a specific side of the of the of the water I guess we can say. Yeah. Um, No, it's true. That's the thing. I'm like not excited about the Democrat who's running for governor here. And I didn't vote for her in the primaries, Kathy Hochul. But like, all right, I guess like she's better than Lee Zelda in the Republican. But then it's also like, yeah, once, you know, once people are in, it's just the whole vote blue, no matter who, it's just like. It's tough. Nah. (laughs) Well, and I'm like, I'm like, where is it actually getting us? Because we're not accomplishing any of the quote unquote radical things y'all think we are. Like, in Texas, a a lot of the Republicans are running on this, like, don't turn Texas into California. We don't want the radical leftists doing this and that. And I'm like, I wish y'all would try it because y'all haven't even, y'all haven't even begun to do anything actually radical. But Anyways, I am saying that because obviously elections will probably go on way past this podcast. And so I always just want to remind folks that it is just a slice of the of the pie and not by any means your entire civic duty or whatever. But realizing you need to get involved in your community and and do not be afraid to fight the power in whatever way you can um, to demand what you need. So that is all I will say on that. Um, is there anything else you want to add in that regard? I was just going to say that people should get on their school boards because that's mm. like like such a like ground zero for like the, you know, fascist right basically right, right, right now right. where, you know, it's not just book banning. It's not just like criminalizing trans right. kids and their parents. It's like that is like where things are happening. And it's like if people run or get more involved in yeah their local community politics like that's where it all starts so absolutely like, absolutely get to the ground level y'all especially here in texas they're they're fighting yeah. us pretty tooth and nail but 
Um, I did, uh, you know, speaking of nuance and situations, we got some sad news. Um, and uh, this is something I hate to see happening a lot. It seems like a lot of rappers are being murdered lately. Um, and so I just wanted to take a second to, you know, honor the legacy of Takeoff. And I know there's nuance in that conversation as well from some of his past. Um, and also, like, Migos has made a huge impact on music, right? Especially um, us being from the South, they really uplifted Southern hip-hop in the last 10 years. And so I, I definitely wanted to take a moment to um, shout him out. And, yeah, it's heavy, man. It's a lot of I, – I, I don't – I feel like TMZ needs to be stopped, and I'm not sure yeah. how we're going to do that. Yeah, TMZ needs to be stopped. Like, the shade room needs to be stopped. Like, <laughs> you know, it's 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 so upsetting. And then, you know, just the idea of the a person's final moments being spread around on the internet just because they're famous is disgusting. Unreal. Yeah, it's scary. It's. I think that's where I'm like, it's a really dark time and we're like pretending it's not. And yeah. we just keep going. And that's the part that I'm like most terrified by because we've normalized these things and they are by no means healthy for us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that's where we at this point set our own boundaries and keep it moving. And yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting to experience. And then there's, um, God, there's been so much chaos and nonsense the last week. Oh, gosh. Um, let me see. I'm going to go with more of the chaotic news because I want to get it out the way. Um, apparently, we'll see, I met you on Twitter, I think. So I yeah. have to bring this up. Obviously, we're not Elon fans over here, but apparently he did buy Twitter. Um, and he's now wanting to charge for it. Mm -hmm. So somebody tweeted something I saw today that said, um, so he basically, it said something like the richest man in the world basically wants to start a Patreon. And I was like, I'm dead. Um, but it is, <laughs> it's kind of giving that. Cause I'm yeah. like, that's why Twitter's fun. Cause we can all come on here and just ha talk our shit and have fun. But also apparently as soon as he took ownership, there was like an increase of the N word by like a hundred percent or something. And I'm just like, this is again, terrifying. Cause we're literally all the films that warned us about billionaires or rich people taking over the world. It feels like it's happening in real time and we're just watching it. Yeah. It's very sci-fi. I'm actually like, I'm kind of ready for Twitter to die. Like, I think we should go back to live journal. <laughs> like, uh, like we can all write short live journal entries, but oh like, <laughs> but like, it's not just now. I mean, this, this kind of like extremist hatred and hate, mm -hmm. like hateful language has been targeted, particularly women of color, black women since, right. you know, for like a decade plus. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't know. Let's just like burn it down and start right. anew. <laughs> I I'm all for it. I I think that's what sucks, right? Because it's like we don't I we don't have that other platform ready to go yet that I know of. Um, and I'm not trying to be one of those people that's like let's leave and go somewhere else. Because like realistically, like my ass yeah. is still on Facebook and Instagram. Like same. <laughs> I talk my shit and I keep moving, but it's just like damn, this sucks. Like at what point do y'all stop wanting to be rich? Like Jesus Christ, we're literally just trying to survive right now. <laughs> yeah, 
and this is how y'all keep doing us. So I, I, I didn't even like pay that much attention to the news. I was just like, okay, what? I can't do anything about it. This is just what it is. And also I'm like, this is so annoying because rich people don't stop. They just don't get tired. And it's Twitter. Like, just let it be. Jesus. I don't know. I know. I know. Well, then, okay. So this is hopefully, I think, the last of the what I think is bad news. Um, I, I've i seen my girl, and this is, again, this let this juice be the reminder that people can be brilliant and, and problematic and complicated and nuanced and could do harm even if they have inclusivity in their brand uh apparently in the new Fenty show our girl our bad gal Riri is going to have a moment for Johnny Depp and I think I purposely did not talk about the Johnny Depp situation on this podcast because I think we were on break at the time all of that happened um and it was such a wild thing to observe from afar um because it's amazing how quickly people turn on women and i even get more shocked when it's white women especially ones with blue eyes and blonde hair because usually they can get away with a lot um but they did not vote for hillary clinton and they did not side with amber heard um even though we we very easily saw how that case was manipulated against her um and completely just ignored the fact that Johnny Depp is very much an abuser. He's very much yeah. a, a harmful, violent man. Um, and that's just the actual facts, not the not what the Shade Room posted or what TMZ posted to get their clicks and their likes and make money. Um, but it also just made me sad because Rihanna has been really vital in, in transforming the beauty industry. Mm. And this is not the first time she's done this. She also gave, I remember, Sean King an award a few years ago. Yeah. And she also, um, I believe, had Fab Fabulous on the Fenty show the first time around, shortly after he um, had abused his partner. And yeah. so at this point, I'm like, oh, this is your brand. You like to, like, uplift these people, these men, it looks like, that have caused harm to women and or got critiqued um, and I don't know if that's intentional, but it's starting to feel like it. So I was really disheartened to see that. It made me not want to watch this Fenty show at all. Cause I was like, girl, and I'm like, I'm wearing your damn lipstick right now. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm definitely a fan of yours. I, I love what you've created. And also how, where does our allyship or our, our wokeness or whatever you want to call yourself end and begin, because it really has to be, um thorough if you want to consider yourself to be um like a thoughtful radical inclusive person but I don't know that these people actually do or if they do it to make money I mean I don't know if you can like you said about billionaires like right I I really hope that this is like Rihanna's team Mm. doing something that they thought would be provocative right um I mean, no gods, no heroes. This is what I told myself this morning because I love Rihanna to death. Aww, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, because it's just like, it feeds into that, the backlash of women and, and, 
everyone speaking mm -hmm. out in me too it feeds in that's what the johnny depp trial Absolutely. was like a repudiation of anyone seeking any kind of justice Absolutely. or accountability for being Absolutely. assaulted whether physically sexually or even emotionally and mm -hmm. it's just like so it's just like it feels more like a cynical money play and then you have to like mm. look at like okay like we love savage we love fenty right because of this inclusivity but it's like are you about it or are you about what it gets you exactly and that's the part that i i think i'm battling with that even on the local scale where it's like are we making spaces for our people to truly share space and love and joy and tenderness or do we just know our people can make us money so we're going to capitalize yeah. off our people and like it's just a really weird thing to navigate right now because I know everybody's trying to like eat and survive and I get that and at the same time I'm like how much actual care are we putting into this work or are we all trying to pretend we're gonna be Elon Musk which we're not right mm -hmm. like let's be realistic is being a millionaire feasible for all of us and or why are you why are you craving that so much is it a power play like there's so much more to unpack for people and I think um I think we really need to care less about money and it's hard to say yeah. that when we a lot of us have money trauma so I I totally get it but it was heartbreaking to see that and I'm curious if she will respond to the critique and or hear us because that was really not the move. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess I wasn't that surprised since she did have a past of it, but I know a lot of people didn't realize she's kind of done a few questionable things and very much seems like a guy's girl in my opinion, uh, yeah. which is unfortunate. Um, however, there are some exciting things that happened and or are happening, uh, which I am looking forward to. I did, I I never thought I would have to shout out um, Daniel Radcliffe in 2022, but apparently he spoke out against JK Rowling's transphobia, which was very exciting because that woman has absolutely bittered the love I once had for Harry Potter as a child because of how hateful she has become and or always was and just hit it really well um so i just want to shout out mr harry potter himself for um saying hey a lot of us on the cast actually don't agree with her so please don't let that um deter your love for what harry potter meant to a lot of people so i did think that was interesting because a lot of people are not speaking out against these people they're connected to yeah yeah, he seems like a real one, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> the British, they're different than Americans, that's for yeah. sure. I feel like that's part of the vibe over there, at least. Yeah. Um, okay, so we probably only have a couple a couple minutes left, so I'm going to go through these quickly. Did you hear about, um, apparently, Miss Puerto Rico and Miss Argentina, both like from the Miss Universe pageant, secretly got married and i this is the best gay shit i've heard in so long and i would like more of it and i want their reality series because i love this plot line joint memoir immediately yeah. like it's so it's good and they're hot as hell i'm like i give it to me serve me up i want to see it it's so good they are hot as hell and it kind of makes you wonder like how much of this is going on behind the scenes in general? Like you hear a lot about beauty pageants, beauty pageant people being abused, but how much is it just like, you know, like behind the scenes, like 
love right. and like hookups. Like how many yeah. Miss Universe pageants or contestants are like hooking up? And right. then like love and marriage is like, all right, this is like a they're big opening thing. doors for sure. By yeah. sharing this proof, they are about to change the Miss Universe world, and I'm here for <laughs> it. I can't wait to hear or see more because that's like even the other day I said something and my mom's like bless her heart you know Mexican Catholic traditional woman and she was like dang Eva not everything has to be gay and I was like but it is (laughs) and she was like she gets so annoyed by me and I'm like I don't know how to break it to people but like if you pay any more attention you'll realize how gay actually everything is (laughs) Um, probably including yourself but it's okay if you don't want to tap into that right now um but shout out to miss these beautiful miss latina puerto rico and argentina for living their true full selves because the miss universe pageant definitely has seen it before which we just have not yeah exactly (laughs) well the last category we have of course um i wish we could talk about black panther too because that is coming and that's going to be really beautiful hopefully to witness um but i could not not talk about whatever it is we will be getting from the queen bee herself miss beyonce i would love your thoughts on the most recent album and what you think is coming from her because you know we're all out here waiting i am one of those people that i can patiently wait for an artist i will not force anything out of them ever because everything happens in its right time but it has been so hilarious to see everybody going mad for like any crumb of a visual from Beyonce's latest album, Renaissance. <laughs> crumb. And <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I obviously, like, I don't th- know if I listened to anything else for, like, the three months that it's been out. No, literally same. <laughs> like, but, like, ki- I kind of respect it at this point where she's like, Absolutely. you know, maybe I will never release the visual. Because everyone loves it so much, even without the visuals. Like, why do we need to be impeded <laughs> upon our own, like, experiences? I don't know. But whatever Queen Bee wants to do, like... We're waiting. We're here. We'll receive <laughs> yeah. it. I, this week, I believe it was a TikTok or a picture or something. Um, so Sid from the internet received a bouquet of flowers from B, um, which... If you follow Beyonce at all, you know she sends everyone flowers yeah. and it's the most beautiful thing. Um, and so I think the note, the thank you card said something like, listening back to the music for the film, it's so beautiful, can't wait to share this with the world. Or something, I don't know, I probably butchered it. But everybody panicked because it said film. Um, and she does apparently still have the three film contract deal with Netflix. Um, and we did get one film, so everybody is thinking we're going to get another for this. So uh, those are the theories happening right now. Right after Sid posted that, of course, it was deleted because you got to know how the Beehive gang works. You will get caught and they will have screenshots. But it is exciting. I am curious to see how it'll be. And I, um, I, I'm happily, patiently waiting for renaissance i will not for i will not force these visuals there's obviously more acts coming and if beyonce tells me to sit and wait i'm gonna sit and wait <laughs> yeah except i do hope it it is like a thematic musical like we need like i'm dead like bring back carmen a hip opera first <laughs> of all but like <laughs> like give us like a narrative musical i don't know i'll, t- I'll I, take anything <laughs> no i'm here for it i i think the thing with the themes in this album is it's like 
so beautifully black and queer and we just we can't not get visuals for this so but you know we'll take whatever and I think that is all we have for the juice this week um so I did want to ask you a couple final questions as we wrap up this segment and one of these is kind of sweet and emotional and the other one is just how we can find and support your work Uh, We obviously loved having you on, um, but if you're ready for my, my uh, sensitive question, I got you. Okay. (laughs) Shoot. Go for it. (laughs) It is. What would you um, have to say to your younger self? Uh, um, This is actually, so two part thing. One is like, believe in yourself and don't Mm. listen. Don't pay anybody no mind because it's all about you. And then the other thing is I went back to Cheyenne over the uh, summer and I remember being at like an outdoor concert and I was looking around and I was like, I thought I was ugly in this town. I And I know that's kind of rude, but like... (laughs) (laughs) that was white supremacy in your head yeah and it's just like I don't know just believe like I would tell myself to believe in myself and like even though you felt super alone Mm. you you weren't and you could eventually like make a change so you wouldn't be you did make the change so you wouldn't you're you're living it you're breathing it we can't wait for your book we're so excited for you where do we find and support your work julianne um right now you can find me on twitter and instagram on johnita j-a-w-n-i-t-a i'm currently trying to redo my website so i'll be at a certain point but that is a real work in progress i (laughs) are a labor of love but we that's the power of the handle we can just go find you you can also just google her she has lots of incredible interviews with your faves so please go check out her work and buy her book when it comes out we love you we appreciate you and we will talk again soon friend thank you for being on the colores radio I love you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hello. This is our commercial break where I am here to encourage you to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash decoloresco. You can also donate to us at decoloresradio.com slash donate. We've been doing all this amazing work for over four years. We deeply need your support and your help. You can get all the exciting BTS videos all the cringy moments in between each segment on our Patreon. So subscribe today. Thanks. Hey everyone, it's Eva here with De Colores Radio and I wanted to do my own little promo for a company I really enjoy and believe in. I am an ambassador, so I am not biased, but it is actually my favorite Mexican candy in the game right now. It is DFW Texas based and it ships nationwide that is Gepica candy i am a literal sucker for the Gepica gushers and their rim dip they satisfy that little sour spicy sweet craving and it's got just the right amount of everything i absolutely love their products and i hope that you all use my coupon code eva15 at checkout for a little discount and i promise you won't regret it check it out at gepicacandy.com 
and follow them at Get Pika Candy. Super fast shipping. So good. Check it out today. Thanks. Bye. Jennifer Mota is a Dominican-American multimedia creative, music historian, journalist, clothing designer who focuses on music, fashion, and Black Latinx identity. Spearheading Urbano and Afro-Latinx stories during her time as a digital assistant for People in Español's English language vertical, People Chica, she wrote Recognizing Dominican Dembo from Jamaica to El Alfa, highlighting the history and pioneers behind the subgenre. Contributing to the visual storytelling direction for the site's video franchises, creating and highlighting local Afro-Latinx leaders, Afro-Descendencia franchise, she also interviewed and edited videos for artists like Sech, Rao Alejandro, and Ivy Queen. Evie Queen, her expertise in the Dimbo scene scored her a monthly column in Remesclas entitled Si Tu Quere Dimbo, where she reported on the genres past and present. As a multimedia freelancer, she's worked in the internet and record label industry as an on-air host, content producer, and copywriter. She has written for Rolling Stone, High, Snob High Snobiety, uh, Teen Vogue, Vibe, Pitchfork, Title, Billboard, and The Fader, while her on-camera catalog includes platforms like Yahoo's Live Build series, The Fader, The Boiler Room's Deconstructed series, and Noise Colectivo. Besides documenting music of the diaspora, she has become an authority in artist branding and a Latinx marketing strategist for U.S.-based artists and major labels. Please welcome the incredibly talented Jenny Mota to the Colores Radio today. Yay! How Hello. are you? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Pat, for more air horns. We needed the human air horns. That was definitely deserving. We're so happy to have you here. You look amazing. I appreciate your work and... Um, I've been following it for a minute now and I didn't even, I thought I knew and followed the levels, but there's even more levels. So I'm really, really honored to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm excited to be on. Yes. So you've been doing this work for a while now. Tell us then a little bit about your upbringing. Hmm. Okay. So I, to make it short, I'm from the Dominican Republic to New York pipeline. Mm, uh, a beautiful pipeline. Yeah, the descendants of those immigrants. Mm. Um, so I, that's where my family I immigrated to. I was raised in Philadelphia. Okay. So girl. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Philly beautiful. John. <laughs> yeah, you got um, to. We got to have one Philly John on this show before it's done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So while in Philly, like I'm a, I also grew up as a bodega baby. My parents are were bodega owners. A lot of Dominicans are known for that, for having like bodegas, grocery stores. Right. Um, and I grew up in a pretty eclectic household. I grew up with listening to all types of genres. Like mm. my dad learned how to speak Spanish through the music of his time. So oh, I grew wow. up on rock, a lot of classic rock, uh, new wave punk. Uh, everything you can name from like the 80s and 70s. And then my mom, of course, Ana Gabriel, Rocio Durcar, and then like all the bachata <laughs> merengue that you can think of as well. All and the emotions, like, all the emotions. Like, very hood city. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, Philly's like one of the most underrated hip hop spaces, but mm. I grew up in a really great, like the 90s and early 2000s, 
early 2000s was such a cool time to be in Philly and just grow up in. And imagine, like, we had Pretty Crack and Freeway, like, Beanie Siegel, people that were signed to The Rock, like, right. Philly, like, it was a really cool time to Aww. be. I wish I was a teenager, but I was younger. Like, I couldn't get into clubs or anything. Yeah. So I get to say that I lived that time. So that was pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, I went to a Catholic school. <laughs> Shout out. We did, too. The trauma. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Girls. Then For real. <laughs> yes. Eight years of it. I'm still recovering. I did 12 years, and I'm still unpacking Ooh, the trauma. <laughs> listen, we'll save that for another podcast, because the eight years did a number on me. I cannot imagine 12. Yeah. No, like, I am I always say I'm very thankful to, and th- I, I always give thanks to having the parents that I did. They sacrificed mm. a lot to send me to Catholic no, school. No, same. So That's real. It's always like, uh, yeah, I'm super grateful, but also the way you traumatized. No, it does. I, I think that's the part, though, right? Because it's like, especially immigrant parents, you see them grind and grind and grind, and you're like, damn, I have to do everything to pay them back. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah. I don't blame you because for them, the church is their healing, right? It's their space. It's their savior. Yeah. And and then it it, it did. It did. I, I always tell people it made me who I am. And also there was a lot of hiding who I was at the same time yeah. or being afraid of who I was at the same time. And then so. the dynamics were interesting, at least in Philly, because the first school that I went to, which was like from kindergarten to eighth grade, it was multicultural. So mm. like, yeah, all the teachers were white and the nuns were white, but like the students themselves, like there was a mix of like people, you know, Asians and Latin mm. Americans and like, mm-hmm. you know, African-Americans, like it right. was a healthy mix. Right. And then it, when I went to the Catholic high school I went to, I went to an all-girls school, and it was all oh, wow. From a school of, like, 500 girls, there Damn. was, like, 10 women of color in the entire school. So yeah. I always look at high school as not as, like, high school, but more like a school, the, the first school of life where I learned how to mm. look at myself uh, through microaggressions. Through right comments through life experiences that right. I wasn't mentally prepared for because I grew up in a space where, that was pretty multicultural, you know, and mm-hmm. like the bodega that my parents had was in a predominantly African-American space. So mm-hmm. that dynamic was very new to me and it was actually very traumatic. Like it was something that I wasn't mentally prepared for, like stepping mm. into. There was a lot of questioning, um, a lot of things that, that I had to question myself, you know, on during that experience and it definitely prepared me for my 20s like I stepped into college when like there was so many organizations mind you like people have been organizing for the black life for decades right right for the time that I stepped in you know from 2010 2011 2000 you know Trayvon Martin there's like all the cases that were going on um due to like you know the black life and just mm-hmm. the loss of it, uh, so right. and I feel like that experience prepared me for the work that I was gonna end up doing and what I was stepping into in college and like the organizing that was going behind it and it was it was crazy. But um, in college, I ended up going for communication studies. Um, and that's pretty much how I started like getting into journalism and stuff like that. Um, I looked at it more as communication as a whole, like I wanted to see what it would be like to 
broadcast, to write, to do publicity. So that's why I went for the communication studies aspect. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Temple University where I pivoted to broadcast television. Nice. uh, To do the whole TV thing, uh, on-camera thing. Um, And during this time, I was doing a lot of independent work, uh, you know, working as an independent creator, creating content on Philly music, on the artists, in the hip hop scene, the alternative rock scene, um, and doing a lot of personal interviews, a lot of one-on-ones and writing stories on identity and being Dominican American in Philly. Um, I had my own little website and then I didn't realize that people were really, like people in the industry were paying attention to what I was Mm. writing about everything and the last day of college um someone from people in espanol reached out to me and was like oh do you have a job that's (laughs) Uh, fire yeah we've been paying attention to your work you should come up for an interview and like that's how how it happened huh i said that's how it happened that's how it rolled happened like i i you know it's i i have a love-hate relationship with social media but Speak on it. (laughs) If it wasn't for social media, I really wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Like, you know, I used to really post and uplift people on social media and social media uplifts me sometimes, even though I'll be getting hate sometimes, but like it also, Also Also I have a community of, of supporters that really go hard for me. And I'm always Mm -hmm. grateful for that. And then I have a community of people that like support me in a way that's more systemic. For example, the young woman that reached out to me, like, you know, a lot of women like me don't make it out of Philly, especially mm-hmm. in a space like Latin media. To right. make it in this space, it's like you rarely see a lot of Dominican women in Latin music in general, like having the creative freedom yeah. that I have. And getting so, the credit they deserve. Yeah. For sure. Well, thank you for making my interview so much easier because you know how to do it. And those are my favorite people to interview because then we can get into the more in-depth stuff. <laughs> I've had um, my best. Listen, you're doing what you had to do. I will say I appreciate you sharing all that. I did not realize how much we have in common, um, even down to like high school being a really white experience after being in a pretty like diverse um, upbringing because that is a very, it's a big shock to the system and definitely... Um, I graduated in 2012, so that is very much when Trayvon was happening and the Black Lives Matter movement was really picking up steam. And I absolutely think that had everything to do with um, how a lot of our generation was radicalized because it was kind of happening while we were also growing um, alongside when Trayvon should have been growing. So I appreciate you naming that. Um, I do think you mentioned being a, a bodega baby, and I appreciate um, you saying that because I think that made me realize that's when I first started following your work. I think you shared some really iconic photos with your sisters, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. and they were so fire. And I was like, damn, she's a baddie. And then I followed you and I realized how much more amazing stuff you've you've been doing. But I think that was the initial thing that that brought you to my my side of the Internet. Yeah, that oh, that was actually a collab with Bella Doña LA. Oh yes, that's what it was. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. They're fired. Shout out to them. They are so amazing. Um, quick side story: I was super obsessed with MTV Tres and Mundo. Everyone that loved music and were yeah. Latin, they loved watching that because you would get both best of both worlds. Right, right, right. Um, I remember what seeing Lala on camera like. 
uh, seeing her music videos, and then I bumped into Bella Doña, and like I was just so obsessed, and Aww. ended up connecting on Instagram. I ended up writing about the brand for people in Espanol, and wow. we've grown like this cute partnership that Aww. I really enjoy. I love seeing her be great and supporting the brand, and the brand supports me, and it's just so much love and support. Mm. Um, and I came up with this idea because they wanted to do like a collab, and I was just like, you know what, let's do an East Coast thing, y'all. You know, Fire. this is a West Coast brand, but let's. It show is. It is. <laughs> you know, let's let's show love to the Bodega Baby and the Bodega yeah. Baby, and it just it was super iconic. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know the in-depth story. I appreciate you sharing. Yeah, it was really dope. Ah, well, that it was fire. I bodegas are so special. We obviously don't really have them in Texas. It's kind of interesting, and I'm not throwing shade, but there's like random little stores and clubs calling themselves bodegas now, and I'm like, "Mm, there's not a chopped cheese. There's not a cat. I don't really know about this, but um, it's definitely a East Coast classic i go i'm so there they have everything so well they guys definitely deserve a lot of um i did want to go backwards again just to talk about and i even joked um because you have a a dominican flag behind you you also have a frank ocean poster i think behind you if my eyes are serving me right but i did i wanted to ask um, how do you remember being rooted in your identity as a young person? Because I think when you're entering these different spaces, and especially in places like the music industry, it's really easy to feel like pushed around. Um, but especially in Latin music, as far as being a Black Latina, it's really easy to also be ignored. So um, I am curious what that looks like from a young age and yeah. then as you grew older. Yeah, I just, I really think my upbringing really... I've been thinking a lot about this. My upbringing that has prepared me for this moment. Mm. And it's because of my upbringing that I can connect with people so well. Like, the best pieces I've ever written were culture and identity pieces because they're so specific to the Dominican-American experience, to the Caribeña experience. Mm. Um, You know, like... One of my first ever memories with music was my dad literally explaining what the, what the tambora was, the drum, drum uh, the African Dominican drum. And right. you know, that opens up a conversation on what type of rhythms and who our people were in the Dominican Republic, you know. And I also grew up in a time in Philly when, I don't know if you know this, being Dominican wasn't cool at some point. We're trending mm-hmm. right now, but right. we're ghetto of Latin America, people still have the nerve to say our Spanish is ghetto, that we're ghetto, mm. that we're ratchet. Um, and I know, and it's, it has a lot to do with anti-blackness because right. we're also blackest countries in Latin America, you know? Right. Um, and I grew up in a time in Philly where there wasn't really a big Dominican community and you know my parents my mom from her side very musically inclined in Dominican music she's from the campo and like she just loves medic like bachata and stuff like that and then my dad he <laughs> was a revolutionary journalist mm, <laughs> I love it time so he was like he's very anti-capitalist he didn't he was super against moving to the U.S. wow but my mom is a super matatana and was yeah <laughs> I'm not moving back to DR. So either you come or yeah. <laughs> shout out and raising your kid. <laughs> Ooh, I was going to say shout out to Mela for teaching me what Matatana is because 
a very <laughs> iconic word uh, that I recently learned. But it sounds like you're a perfect blend of both your parents then. Yeah. And I just feel like my household to like my actual experience really like rather than me hiding it, it just made me want to be more proud and loud. And I think that that's to say about a lot of Dominicans in, in the East Coast, like um, there's certain spaces where there's so much discrimination and like so much things being spoken of about who, what our identity is that rather than us hide it, we just become more loud. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a little obnoxious about it. <laughs> as you should be, as you should be. I think that's what people are afraid of sometimes, right? Because we we feel like we have to like make ourselves small to assimilate or to blend in or not to stand out. And it's like, no, that shit that you're supposed to be embarrassed about is actually your superpowers. So lean into it and rep it however the hell you want to, as long as it's true to you, like who cares what anybody else has to say or think. Um, I did want to ask, since we're obviously, you're, you're very musically inclined, what were some of your favorites growing up and who are some of your favorites right now? Some of my favorites growing up, uh, it's very all over the place. Yeah. Um, I loved I've, Madonna on her, in her prime years, like 80s Madonna. Peace. I was, yeah, I was like 12, 13, still listening to like, a two decade old like a you were literally we are the same i know my sister pat's over there nodding because i also had a madonna immaculate conception phase because it yeah. was iconic it was a great album yeah i had i i love like madonna's prime years i loved selena i loved mm. um destiny's child of course. i also loved you know i was also like i was super into like disney channel kid like, like that but i feel like I didn't really have like specific favorites. I just feel like I had uh, certain platforms that I was obsessed with. So for example, mm. like VH1, I loved, loved, loved watching their like, I love whatever decade <laughs> series. Like, the 80s, obsessed. yeah. That was a good series. And then the best hip hop, like that was my thing. Like the actual understanding of music and pop culture and like, everything that was going on like that's what I was really into and what right. I was more of a fan of like I became more of like a concert going yeah when I was like way older like uh-huh. that was, like to actually just put so much energy in one artist that was something that came later on in life um right now I love Lido Pimienta Aw, shout out. I am so obsessed with that woman. She She's brought beautiful. so much healing. Mm. <laughs> Her latest album, like, really brought so much healing to my life. I love Lido Pimienta. I love Yendri. Um, mm. In terms of, like, Dominican Dembo, I love, like, honestly, all the kids that are coming up right now. I Lately, Yala's been really big out in DR, but, like, mm. I'm in DR, like, the way he sings and does these melodies with the music that he's creating now is like really cool. Um, in terms of rap, I just, it's really hard to just choose one artist. I listen to such. Do a not choose one. I don't believe in like one single favorite. I am like, I'm obsessed with many things. So but if please I can don't say that I do, if I were to, if I can just say one person, I would say Lido Pimienta because she's someone Aww. that I actually have put energy in, in, in the sense of like understanding. And of course I love Frank Ocean. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I knew that one. I knew I liked you already, but it just looks yeah. more Yeah, And growing up too, when 
I can't I cannot leave this interview without giving my flowers to Missy Elliott. Uh, and like, those women shaped so much of my youth um and of my understanding of how I wanted to navigate from like my fashion sense to mm. like being the only girl to the in the in the guys group. It was just like being a thick bodied woman woman. Right, right, like, right. You know, it was just I'm glad our generation has given Missy her flowers because she absolutely deserved them. And I think she, I think she knows how much we love and appreciate her because she yeah. absolutely, there is no one else like her. And I don't well, think there ever consider, will be. Like when she got her 20% from Bad Bunny Safaeras, people were trying to downplay and we're like, nah, Oh, hell no. Missy that shit made me upset. All producers are her music. So yeah. yes. She deserves her 20%. Like, I've, I've told people that are friends with these people. Like, mm. y'all not about to come with Missy. Y'all not going to come at Missy. Not right. not space. <laughs> well, and that's the part that was like, so we recently started managing an artist in the past year. And I just don't understand how they didn't do that. Like, it's such an obvious sample. You know what I mean? That I'm like. How did y'all conveniently yeah. skip that step? Or is it because it's a black woman and you thought you could get away with it? Like, yeah. what is it here? Because especially with Missy, I'm like, you can't disrespect a literal legend. Right. That I don't know. Good. So and I was like saluting her. The 20%. They probably could have, she probably, they probably could have gotten away with a less, uh, lesser percentage. Oh, but absolutely. Homegirl was like, nah, not on my time. Run it up. Run it up. Yes, well, and as she should. Now she um saw she got a street named after her in Virginia, which I thought was really sweet. So I just I I do adore Missy. I think she means a lot to a lot of us, and it makes me really happy that I was a kid when I was a kid. Because like you said, in Philly, it's the same thing with Dallas music or Texas music. It was popping heavy in the early two thousands and completely transformed music and hip hop forever. And I think we're finally starting to get those flowers as well. But it's chopped and screwed. Yeah, it changed the world it absolutely did and you're still seeing it replicated so it is super fascinating to see how these places that are big hip-hop cities um or states or regions don't get the credit for it just because we're not new york or la but they absolutely have made an impact yeah well i think we could talk all day but unfortunately we don't have all day like i wish we could um, I do want to thank you, and, and this is definitely um, very telling in your own work for your vulnerability. I know you recently had a piece about your body, and I thought that was really powerful. Um, a lot of people would not share that, and so I want to thank you for sharing that because it definitely opened my eyes. And I I was already kind of like, everybody do what you want with your body. I'm very like, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, who am I to talk and also, it's like, unless you go through that, you don't actually know what someone's thinking or feeling or choosing no. for themselves. So I don't know if you want to speak on that piece, but I did really enjoy it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I already put it out there. <laughs> um, what do you want to know? Ask me anything, man. No, I'm not even going to be messy because this is not even that. I really just wanted to honor you for doing that because I think basically what you did was you wrote a piece about a BBL. And I think that's something that everybody is talking about and or making fun of. Um, and so to, to talk about that experience in a way that was like, actually, I want to reclaim this for myself, I think was yeah. really powerful. And um, especially as a woman of color, right? Or as a black woman specifically, it's like you got to reclaim that for yourself. And so I just want to give you props because that is a it's a very interesting time now we're living in where it's like 
not everybody wants to be transparent with those things, but we all are like trying to attain a certain yeah. thing. And so I think that's how you how you get your power back is just by owning your truth. Thank you. I um, really it felt very liberating, first of all. Mm. Like I it was one of the hardest pieces to write this year because yeah. I did put myself in a very vulnerable position to write mm -hmm. it, you know, like um this experience has taught me so and naturally to a writer, I feel like every experience is kind of used as a like science like a social experiment experiment mm. in a sense where I'm like analyzing how society is treating me and how people are reacting to things constantly. And that's what happened with my surgery. I loved my first body mm. <laughs> so much. And yeah. I think a lot of people were surprised because I've always been so outspoken about loving your natural body, loving your natural hair. Uh, right now, you know, I don't have makeup on. I don't I have <laughs> days that I do. There's days that I don't. But right. it's, it's always been important to really just love yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And I think people weren't ready to hear something like that or to right. see me do something like that because it went against the identity and label that they made up in their heads of women that do that in right. Latin America women that get BBLs or get lipos or uh, breast implants are women who are chapeadoras or women mm. who are gold diggers women who um, are lazy who don't want to go to the gym um, all that they have all, all the negative people. connotations and yeah. it was so hard for them to see a well-educated quote-unquote uh, mm. a journalist um, someone that has always been, you know, super pro like body and like right, right. loving her thick body, um, make this decision. I think it was, I don't think, I know it was really hard for people to see it in duality, like mm. see this duality in one person. And it's because, you know, we do live in this Santa Puta complex in, Absolutely. in America, where it's like, you're either the saint or the whore and there's no mm. in between. <laughs> speak on it. No, I think uh, that's why I appreciated it so much, right? Because at the end of the day, it's not about any of them. <laughs> yeah. It's literally about you. And and I think we have a hard time letting um, femme and non-binary folks be that, like literally just be whoever the hell you want to be, do whatever the hell you want to do. Um, and you can be both, right? Like you can be whatever the hell you want to be. You can have a hoe phase. You cannot, you, you know, like, I think that's even the theme that we kept coming up with. Um, during the other segment, which is like this person was brilliant and created great music, but also might have done some harm in the past, right? Um, or this queen that we love is also working with someone that's a little bit questionable, right? And so it's like, that's what I've learned more and more about humanity is the complexity and the nuance and the brilliance and all of that can exist at once. And that's okay. And when it comes to you and your body, it's literally all about whatever the hell you want for yourself and for no one else. Exactly. And I think, I hope that people upon reading it got a, a, a different view of like what it is. Cause it's, mm. it's a really hard experience. Like the actual um, process and recovery process is really hard. I, mm -hmm. I was not mentally or emotionally ready Oh, wow. or what I experienced. There is a level of depression that comes after mm. getting surgery that a lot of women don't speak on because, oh, wow. because this is a vanity surgery. So right. many are like gaslighted into 
on their own emotions and Damn. what they're going through. Like they and, deserve that. Yeah, that rough, so, the yeah, rough side. Like, yeah, you deserve that. Like, give yeah. them on that. Mm -hmm. uh, or like, oh, girl, you didn't need to do this. Like, mm -hmm. even the, the level of empathy that you get, it's like, you know, we we see those videos of women, of the fila, the mujeres, the line mm -hmm. of women coming from the Dominican Republic getting BBLs. Yeah, at the, at the airport. At the airport. And then the mm -hmm. tweets are just horrible like yeah it's it's cruel and it is hard it is hard to be on tiktok or like on social media and seeing the way people talk about women and you know what's crazy just to put it out there in most cases the women that talk the most about women who get bbls or probably nose jobs are women with the most pretty privilege ever, mm. ever had to experience uh distasteful comments they've never had to experience fat phobia they never had right. to experience things that really affected someone's you know emotional being their, right. their, their whole existence really <laughs> exactly so it's like if somebody wants to get a tummy tuck and a bbl in order to survive whatever right. space they're in and to just love themselves a little more um let them do it especially if you've never experienced this growing up you know like um i was somebody i grew up in a dominican household and dominican families just like all latino families they think that they can just tell you whatever they want <laughs> at, at any moment <laughs> okay the magolda, or you should do this or you should do that and it's just uh -huh. like those things that play with your head and absolutely like, you know i'll always say it like this this was absolutely done for me before anything else because you know people to this day will tell me like you got your body done but you're still wearing like two x jerseys like i don't get it and i'm just like you're not supposed to get it it wasn't for you <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah and that's where we take the ex the exhale together because i by no means will pretend I've always been the most understanding in that regard. And I think that's my own journey as well with my, my fat body that I've had to accept from a really young age. Right. And I firmly believe that like that shit's not about anybody else, but that person. Mm -hmm. And so for that reason, I really appreciate your vulnerability and sharing your, your story. Cause it's like, as long as you're happy with it, who gives a fuck, you know, like, it's not about anybody else. They don't need to worry about what size jersey you're wearing because it's still you. It's not like you're shifting your entire identity to become this one thing, right? Exactly. Um, anyways, clearly we can talk forever. I do want to ask one more question before we wrap. Um, if you can please share with us your biggest dream in this work because we want to do some manifesting for you here. Okay. Um <laughs> My biggest dream in this work, I want to be able to executive produce and direct like all the storytelling that needs to be done um, on Dominican Erasure, on Dominican mm. Music Erasure, on Black Latinx Identity. Like that it. has been the pulse of a lot of my work. Mm. Um, and I want to make sure that people get their flowers, their recognition and are seen whether they're alive or not i want people to know the stories and like the contributions that has been done in latin music as a whole amen it's gonna happen you're already on the way you're already doing it <laughs> well thank you so much jenny where can we find and follow your work we love you we appreciate you and we wish you all continued success in in everything you do oh thank you so much for having me 
Where do we where do we follow you? What's your handle? Oh, my handle. Yes, it's Jennifer Motavan. Y'all better find her. Mota. <laughs> you heard her? I didn't want to say it, but the Mota is there. So y'all better go find her because everybody loves the Mota and Jenny. For Mota so. Val, and my website is Jenny with an I, JennyMota.com. Beautiful. We are excited to continue seeing you flourish. And we appreciate you being on the Colores Radio today. Yay. Yay. Thank you All so right. much. Of course. All right. Woo. So that takes us to self-care corner. I, y'all, talking to brilliant people just feeds my heart, my soul, my mind. And I truly do admire um, everybody we've had on the show. It It is kind of surreal that I'm going to stop doing this. So I have to process that a little bit. But having um, people on that are doing amazing work. Um, and I feel like they're just getting started, even though they have so much in their repertoire already is really amazing. So I do want to jump into our self-care corner for this week, and I'm going to do that and then bring one more brilliant person on um, because we haven't had enough, apparently. <laughs> um, but I really think that I, I I always usually listen to my intuition when it comes to self-care corner. Um, and I think that theme of like understanding the duality of humanity is a big been a big repeating theme I've heard or seen or experienced this week. Um, And also understanding and extending or accepting an olive branch from someone if you are hurting or frustrated or bothered or confused. Um, Communicate your needs or your questions or your hurts with people um, so that maybe they can be healed or be released or be forgiven. Um, This doesn't mean that you have to be besties with everyone again or um, forget the pain that was caused. But I think that putting our pride aside and um, being honest with ourselves and communicating our concerns and our needs is really necessary. Um, So that is what I'm making the self-care corner of this week, because I don't think we should be suffering more than we need to. But we also have to understand that everybody's navigating from either a more hurt place or a more healed place. And we're not at all on the same page Um, and understanding that most things are probably not personal. And sometimes it's hard to move um, when we're in a really hurt place without thinking that it's probably targeted. And most times it's not. So that's what I'm processing and working through on my self care um, arena this week. And I want to bring up one of the, Most lovely people I've met in the last month. I know that sounds really silly because it's very fresh, but they had such good energy. Um, And I want to make them our Brown Business of the Week this week um, because they were amazing. So I want to bring up Marlene. Um, Welcome to the show. Hi. I met Marlene a few weeks ago at the Mercado at the Dallas Public Library in Oakland. Shout out to gay rights. Um, I'm sorry, I'm being a fool. Um, But I did appreciate your energy. You have a botanica called Bruja Bruja Talks, correct? Yes, Bruja Talks Botanica. Tell us a little bit more about how long you've been doing this. And I want to hear about your own um, spiritual connection to this work. Of course. So I started Bruja Talks Botanica back in 2019. And honestly, when I started at first, it was just doing tarot for people. So like just Mm. doing tarot readings 
and things like that. I had done it before a couple years before that, just like with friends, family, like, you know, really close people, but I wasn't Uh like ready to like show the world or like tell the world like, Hey guys, like I can do this, you know, actually (laughs) I can do this. Um, And it's been a amazing, amazing journey. Um, Mm. 2019, I was just doing tarot. In 2020, I decided to put out some of my own products, um, things that I would make for like myself, Mm -hmm. you know, my family, you know, candles, bath products, like scrubs, bath salts, things like that. And it just kind of grew from there. Um, But all of my things are very much um, spiritual based. So Mm. every product, every candle, every scrub, everything has a spiritual meaning behind it. So it's either, you know, manifestation or intention, cleansing, protecting, mm-hmm. uh, grounding, blessing, you know, um, self-care, um, self-love. So I, I put a lot of that into into my work. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, like all my things are spiritually based. Everything sits at my altar for at least a week before I send it out. Um, I, I pray it. over everything. I bless mm-hmm. over everything. And it's just, you know, it's a really fun thing. It's very, very, what it, what is the word? Um, it's calming for me. It really mm. is. It, it just like brings me so much joy and like, I, I guess you could say groundness in my mm. life um, when I'm able to do this for other people. I, appre- I appreciate you sharing that. I'm sorry you can hear my dog barking because he needs to be near me. Uh, this is the beauty of recording from home. Um, but everything you're saying is so beautiful. Your voice also is beautiful on the mic. I don't know if you know that, but I just wanted to affirm you in that. Um, but it's very, very, uh, your energy is felt even just, um, like being in a booth next to you. Um, but I also like the work itself is beautiful. The candles smell divine y'all. They also look really beautiful. I bought one of the like long stick ones. I don't know if that's what it's called, Um, but it was just stunning. It had flowers all over it. And I bought one of the protection bath um, soaks as well. And so I absolutely love the products. And I I know um, we talked a little bit about it, but I am curious because I know especially like spooky season has just passed. Dia de los Muertos just passed. Um, But especially with Latino culture, so many um, people are afraid of this like tarot and witchy side of things. And I know I saw a piece recently and that, and even Jenny spoke to it a little bit in her interview is like the anti-blackness that's also connected to our culture, um, which is kind of intertwined with the brujeria aspect. But I wanted to share if you can share, I guess, the comfort in your own um, foundation with that, with your family and, and, and just in this type of work as well. Yes, of course. So that's actually something that I love talking about. Um, I tell people all the time, what I do is still very taboo. Um, It's not something that's normal. It's not something that people even like to bring up or talk about, just like normally conversation. Right. The way that I grew up, so I grew up in the Valley. I'm from Brownsville, Texas. Um, I was born in Dallas. Shout out 956. But, you know, I grew up there. I grew up in the Valley. I grew up in Brownsville. You know, this is something that we just do. You know, everybody does, you know, limpias de huevo, barridas mm-hmm. de huevo. Like, mm-hmm. everybody does just barridas. Like, it's just a normal thing of our culture. It's a normal thing that we do. Right. And, like, veladoras, you know, like, even, like, Santa Muerte, like, things like that. Like, it's just in our culture. It's just right. who we are. Growing up, you know, my great-grandma, my grandma were the two that basically taught me everything that I know. And my mm-hmm. mom as well. 
but everything was passed down. So seeing from a little girl how they didn't demonize it and how mm. they spoke about it in such a like high regard and like, hey, like, yes, people will talk bad about it because it's still very frowned upon because, you know, Catholic, you know, Catholicism and mm-hmm. religion. But mm-hmm. this has been part of our family for right. generations back and back. And that's the indigenous roots aspect then. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and so with that, that's on my, I guess you could say on my grandma, on my mom's grandma side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on my dad's side, all my family uh, practices brujeria. Um, oh, wow. They're also Native American. So, okay. Um, it, what, what I guess you could call on their side, um, they were called back then, like my great grandparents, uh, brujos indios is what they used to call them. Mm. Um, and so a lot of those are passed down, you know, from my tias, my grandma, um, even my uncles on my dad's side, like they practice, um, mm. my cousins, like it's just something that we do as like a family. And it's honestly very beautiful to learn even just like our own practices, our own rituals, like for de los muertos and like for other festivals that we partake in. Right. And it's been very eye-opening seeing how, you know, the regular people, I guess you could say, view these things. And mm-hmm. then like me coming from the, like, I understand where you're coming from. But it's not what you think it is. And I think a lot of it comes from lack of education. Mm. And, you know, nobody's really taught about it unless you ask. And a lot of people don't like asking because that's scary. Right. I think the other aspect is also just fear. Because a lot of what, at least in Catholicism, because that's what my family's very grounded in, is um, like it's like a slippery slope. You know, it's very, very um, sensitive. And if you malpractice it then it can also go very badly right and so it's been really interesting in the last couple years to see um like such an influx of it and I do want to remind remind folks that it should not be treated so loosely it is very deeply real and and sensitive and should be cared for and so I don't know if there's anything else you want to add because I know I've seen an influx of tarot and of a lot of these different, whether it's Palo Santo or, or Sage or any of these like, you know, indigenous practices, I just, I just want people to remember that being in tune with self and spirituality is, is very powerful. (laughs) And I do believe it is necessary, but I do believe it is your own experience as well and should be treated very delicately. Yes, I I totally agree with you. And I even tell that to like my own clients and customers that I do readings for or that I do like work for. I'm like, it's not like it's not that it's black and white because it really isn't. You know, their situations, every situation, every circumstance is very different. You know, one thing that could work for a person that could work for me might not work for you and vice versa. Um, And I think more than anything, it's just realizing that like this is serious, you know, People do this for a living. People have been doing this for centuries before we were even on this earth. Before even our parents, our grandparents, our great grandparents were here. Mm-hmm. And so seeing, you know, mass media and just like people over the past three years, honestly, just kind of like rush towards spirituality, ru- rush towards like witchcraft mm-hmm. and like bujeria and like tarot readings. I'm like, it's not for fun. Right. Um, there needs to be more respect behind Absolutely. what you're Absolutely. doing. Absolutely and understanding of what you're actually getting yourself into before you do something wild because it is so that's where I'm just like because in my family it was like 
don't touch that. Don't mess with that. Our family does have a spiritual connection. I was very afraid of it. And then in the last couple of years, I've been a little bit more like, I guess not even like practicing, but I guess just listening to my intuition and my ancestors. And it's allowed me to like develop a different relationship with it. I now understand it in a way that feels healing for me. And also like, I think connects me to beautiful people like you as well. Right. Cause it's like, Oh, okay. Like obviously we were not, we didn't choose to be across from each other, but I think the connection was nice and I really admired your work and I, I hope to keep working with you in the future. And um, I'm really, I'm really happy to see your business thriving and we wish you all the best. So we're happy to have you be our, our uh, Brown business of the week. Pat, did you have anything else to add? Or Marlene, did you want to add anything else? Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much. I really enjoyed y'all's energy ah. um, that day. Like, I, I always love meeting, you know, people in events like that. But it's not always that I actually, like, connect with people. Mm. You know, like, I, I typically, it's just like, oh, hi, hello. Like, this is my business. Like, oh, what do you do? <laughs> okay, bye. You know, yeah. but like, I feel like there was actually a connection there. Like the yeah. energy was there. And I was like, I really enjoy. And I like, it's not that I rarely come across people like mm. you, but I, you know, I do like, it's, thank it's not you. that often where I can yeah. genuinely say like, I like you, I like Aww, your energy thanks. and like, you're genuine. So, and like the work it. that you guys do like is amazing. And I thank definitely you. commend the work that you guys have been doing um, because it. it, you know, it's much needed. Uh, I, I, I receive it. I thank you. Cause I know it's a, it's a fresh, but budding relationship. And I hope maybe we can go grab a meal or, or, or tea or something soon. Cause I'd love yes. to keep, um, getting to know you and hopefully one day we can make bigger things happen. Cause I definitely, the spark you see in me, I see in you as well. And so we were glad to have you on, um, the Colores radio before we wrap forever. So thank you for joining us today. Of course. Where can people? Oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I was saying no. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Where can we find and follow your work and where can they shop for your goods? Of course. So right now we are only e-commerce. My website is brujataxbotanica.com. That's also my Instagram name. And you can also find me on Twitter, Pinterest, um, and TikTok. So I Here post a lot of little videos, a lot of like how-tos. Um, explanation of like what I do why I do it how I mm. do it just to give you know behind the scenes people always have questions but sometimes don't want to ask me directly of so course. videos is, has been the easiest way for me to like get my information across people I love it I can't wait to explore it more we wish you the best and we will see you soon thank you yay all right Pat it's time for who you got <laughs> Thank you, Marlene. Please check out Bruja Talks Botanica. Pat, who you I know, got? I know. I know. I was like, I, I need, I'm going to look them up, get some shipping, some candles. No, seriously. They were so, they were, you can ask Marlene. I was like having a hard time choosing like one or two things <laughs> because I was like, I don't want to spend over a million dollars, but I also can't only get one tiny thing. So I definitely got I feel that. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to look them up and try and get something soon um, for my who you got. So I'm trying to get back into my reading bag because I have like three books I need to read. Um, I've currently been reading Funeral for Flaca. It's a collection of short stories. That is a cute name. Mm -hmm. I really like the name that the 
the cover kind of enticed me when I first saw it at a bookstore and now I'm um, reading this copy. So it's a casket on fire with flowers. It's very pretty colors. Um, anyway, so it covers a bunch of short stories covering this Latinx um, writer in their childhood. And it's just like a lot of it's kind of relatable with just like their identity and trying to like figure out how to fit in into life and in high school and Parts of it do take place in Texas, and there's just certain things that I've read that I'm like, oh, man, I can relate to that, too. Um, so I'm trying to currently finish reading that before I get into my other two, three books that maybe I'll um, highlight before the podcast is over. Um, and then I'm going to also watch Wendell and Wild this week, especially after um, hearing some more information on it. It's a new Monkey Paw production. Jordan Peele was one of the, um, I think he was a producer for it. He's also one of the characters on it. They got quite a cast, like Ving Rhames is in it. Um, Keegan, Michael Key's also in it. Jordan Peele's one of the actors as well. Um, but it's supposed to be really great, like stop motion, black animated film that I'm excited to watch. It's got like a really high rating on um, Rotten Tomatoes. And unfortunately, Netflix hasn't been giving it enough of its shine. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's hopefully what I'll be watching this weekend to wrap up spooky season. And I just wanted to highlight it. Thank you for sharing. I, well, I feel like I've actually just been working too much. I, um, I wanted to plug... Mm-hmm. First of all, ourselves. Because hey. I, have, I have a new De Colores Co. mug. Ooh, I can't wait to get one. How's it? Does it uh, taste? Does the water taste? My different? drink has <laughs> never tasted better. Honestly, but we will. This episode will come out after this market, but we are doing a market November fifth with. Um, shout out to the Malcriadas Collective and Arts Mission Oak Cliff. We also just had a really beautiful event with them for Dia de Muertos. Um, that was incredibly powerful, incredibly healing, incredibly intimate. And I was so honored to have led that evening. So mm-hmm. it just feels like a lot of great energy and budding budding flowers happening right now so I love that for you I wish I could have been there it was really beautiful I don't even just love it for me I love it for all of us because I yeah no I think our city needs this this love and connection and inter intermingling of everyone Mm -hmm. because everyone can win and I I do firmly believe that so I want to shout us out because we have some new shirts we have some new canvas totes and we have some new mugs along with our stickers, all with our new logo. So I'm really proud of that. And we absolutely Ooh. love and need the funding. So hopefully you'll be interested in buying Support and supporting us. us through that. So I wanted to shout ourselves out if I can. Um, I am hoping to possibly do a, um, it's not That's official, but a live show to end Ooh. off our podcast. Um, so that will be early December, probably about a month from today, maybe something like December 2nd. Uh, you heard it here first. Mark <laughs> your calendar. I didn't officially, officially put it out just yet, but we're hoping to make something happen for our final episode. So I just wanted to name that as well. So maybe today... I have been listening to some Tokisha. I have been listening to some Baby Keen. I have been watching reality shows. But I want to <laughs> say, I got us. We Woo! got us. And that's who we I'm going to That's what I'm going to say for today. Because I do believe that Colores is entering a new chapter. 
and I can't wait to um, rest and refresh myself after this podcast is over. And honestly, I'm just grateful for all the love we've received from everybody because this show would not exist without our city of Dallas, Texas. And though we are deeply, deeply in bed with white supremacy still, I want to believe that as this work continues and as people begin to reclaim their own power, we will stop giving so much power to celebrity and to clout and to individualism. And we will truly lean into love and care and growth and healing um, and joy and tenderness as we continue to be radical in our intention towards justice and liberation for um, Black folks and queer folks and weirdos and everybody else in between. So that's what I want to say for today. And I obviously can now say that wraps it up for us here at The Colores Radio. Pat, do you want to finish off the episode for us? Yeah, I can do it. I got this. Get into it. (laughs) Thank you so much for spending time with us today as we wrap up the show for good with just two more episodes. It has been a privilege to learn and grow with you all and grow with my sister. I'll say that. Um, Something I will never take for granted as we keep growing and expanding this platform a reminder, we just launched, relaunched our website, decolorisco.com. So go check that out. Major thanks to the Decolores team, myself, the producer, Eva, our host and um, f- co-founder, um, our intern, Leslie, and editor, Jeremy. Our guests today were Julianne and Jenny. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to all our squirrel friends, homies, and ride or dies on Patreon and those with us, uh, and those that have been listening today. Remember, you too can become a financial supporter of the Decolores Radio family and get early access to exclusive content at patreon.com slash decolorisco. We truly cannot go on without your support. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a darn review. I have been reading those podcasts. I have been reading those reviews lately, and they have been putting some little tender moments in my heart as we reflect on the past, like, five In her little worm heart. In my little worm heart, yeah. So thank you. Please start giving us reviews again. I'd like to see what y'all are thinking. But also go to our website and contact us there because we also will have a newsletter coming out soon. And once once this podcast is over, I know there's a lot of you out there that maybe don't get on social media, but hopefully you will consider keeping in touch with us because we're always yes. gonna be we're always gonna be here. We're always gonna be bumping. And if you want to send us a video message of um, what our work has meant to you, that would definitely mean something to us. Yes, we'd love that. Or even an audio message. We'd love to hear from you. Thank y'all for y'all support. This pod will live forever. Um, We'd love to keep growing. So if something resonated with you in this episode or you just enjoy our work, please share it with everyone you know. We are officially on TikTok. You can find us there at The Colores Co. Post us on the gram. Don't be afraid to reach out to us and follow us at The Colores Co. Tweet us. If you enjoy our personal thoughts, you can follow Eva at Eva Arreguin. Myself at pat.arrigin. Our theme song is Cumbia Anthem by El Dusty. Our audio editor is Jeremy Casina. We promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content and more importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. 
Thank you so much again for being with us and join us again next time for De Colores Radio. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Pat. You did that. Let's go.